0: Can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome. The church in the balcony. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Uh, We have uh, some people uh, out tonight. Some are traveling and probably made it uh, to Lexington by now. They took Sister Tito uh, to Lexington um, she has a, a blocked carotid artery and uh, also they uh, did a, a CT scan and an MRI and they found what may be a lesion or a, um, an aneurysm on her brain uh, that they're not sure about. So this morning, uh, early, they uh, found uh, her, you know, kind of not able to respond and her right side weak and couldn't move her arm or her leg so um, they didn't know the time frame that it happened and the doctor said it's a good thing that we didn't give her the clot buster because if they had it would have caused her a lot more problems and maybe even took her out so the Lord has a way uh, to let everything happen for a reason and uh, we had prayer with her today and then uh, they were getting ready to take her by ambulance. They wanted to fly her, and, and I guess they didn't have a helicopter available. But they was going to take her down to Lexington, to UK. And let's be in much prayer for the family. They're already wore out. They've been over there at the hospital. You know how it is when you stay with somebody at the hospital. It wears you out, and they have all uh, been over there. And so let's be in much prayer that they'll have a safe trip, and, uh, and the Lord will take care of Sister Tito. And uh, we want to remember the Christmas uh, program sign-up sheet is on the back podium. Uh, Be sure to sign up if you even think that you might be in the Christmas program. Make sure you sign up now. And um, also uh, this Friday which is uh, the 8th at 6 p.m. We're going to be gathering here for a dinner for me and my wife on our 46th wedding anniversary. And so keep that in mind. And then on September the 17th, Brother Cornelius Harper is going to be with us. And that's for the 11 a.m. service. And I'm looking for a great time with Brother Harper. And then he's going to be with us at Pipeful Apostolic Church for the 11th anniversary service. And that will be uh, at 2 p.m. on the 17th. So keep that in mind. With the cookout following, we got a brand new picnic shelter over there, just been used one time. And uh, so we're going to cook out and have little uh, snacks and stuff under the picnic shelter. It is the uh, Davis Family Memorial Picnic Shelter is what we named that. And um, also we want to remember our homecoming service coming up. It's going to be in October, October the 21st and 22nd. Brother George Scott's going to be with us. And then Harvest Time Crusade. Friday night, Brother Buddy Puckett, Saturday night, Brother James Chesser, and Sunday, going to be Brother Michael Maupin going to be with us. Always have a good time on that weekend, and uh, we want to remember all of those on the prayer list, and I will mention the last 10. Let's remember Annie Thacker, Raymond Thacker, Lindsay LeBlanc, Nancy Brown, Reed Darnell, uh, Tito Ratliff, Marvin Bentley. Hannah DeBarge, Deacon DeBarge, and Barbara Dove. Let's remember all of these. If you have a prayer request by the raising of your hand... The Lord sees that. There's needs in this house, but we know the needs supplier. So let's lift our hands, and let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you blessed us to be gathered here with your precious people. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us tonight as we have gathered in your presence, that we will know that you are here. We will know that the sick's going to be made whole. We know that those that are afflicted are going to be set free. Lord, I pray that you would... Keep your hand upon the family as they travel back and forth to Lexington. I pray that you would touch Sister Tito, Lord, and give her her movement back in her right arm and right leg, and Lord, I just pray that you would keep your hand upon every doctor, nurse, or anyone that has anything to do with her care. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that is gathered here today that raised their hand. You know their families that have needs, you know them that have have needs, and Lord, I just pray that you would bless us, Lord, to have faith in you, to believe that you can do these things, and Lord, I pray that you would bless the singers, the musicians, bless everything that's said and done, that you would get all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap as they lead us in worship.
1: tries to roll over my bones. When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I
2: know
1: I won't be shed. No longer has a place to hide I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my path roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own when brokenness and pain is all I know
0: The Lord blesses you and I know that he will always supply, whether it's a uh, financial need or any other need, he will always supply. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you that you have blessed us, Lord, that we're able to give in the offering tonight. We understand that giving is sacrificial, but we also understand that there is nothing that we give unto you that doesn't go unnoticed or unrewarded. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that gives tonight and bless the offering, that it will be multiplied and used to help missionaries, to help our programs, to help bring in ministry. And, Lord, we're going to give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Simba then I know that I'm going to be able to uh, help others. And so I want to uh, read that again since my mic was off. Uh, We don't have very many lip readers. Uh, And of some have compassion making a difference, and others save with fear pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh." So uh, Jude, the book of Jude is only one chapter long, but it has warnings from our history. It has a purpose for our lives today. And uh, it's not only got an exhortation for us to be watchful in these last days because not everybody is going to come to church because they love the church or love the Lord. And so uh, what Jude is saying, we got to be aware of this and and you know sometimes in order to have revival how many knows that the devil wants to shut down revival amen Amen. the devil wants to shut down revival I'm going to pray and then I'll let you sit Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we just talk about lifesavers Lord we come before your presence, and we ask, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, that we would take the words off the pages of this book and put it on the tables of our heart. I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we study tonight, that we would understand how to reach people no matter what the cost having compassion with some but others we're going to have to make them fear and we're going to have to tell them about the spots and, and how we hate the, the flesh that that is spotted by sin and Lord I just pray that you would help us to be aware of those that are here to help the church grow but also be aware if people come for the wrong reason to try to shut revival down and shut growth down Lord I pray that you would just get honor here tonight as i give you the praise in jesus mighty name amen amen let's give the lord a mighty hand thank you for standing you may be seated this brief letter was written by jude who was a servant of jesus christ he was a brother of james we find that uh, The word Jude, sometimes in the Greek, is translated uh, meaning he shall be praised. I think that when we read Jude's writings, we find something interesting that he is worried about. Not only was 1st, 2nd, 3rd John worried about this, of course it's same John, that's just 1st, 2nd, 3rd book. Uh, They were worried about people who was going to come into the early church and try to shut down... The church. Now, it wasn't closing the door on anybody's house or synagogue. They wanted to literally shut the church, the people down. They didn't want people to grow. They didn't want numbers to grow. Uh, They had a a good thing going, so to say. And uh, so they wanted to come in and stop this Jesus crowd that was a little fanatic, a little different. They, uh, they did things different. They, they separated from the world. And, and that wasn't the way that the people that were connected to the politicians of the day, the, the uh, synagogues and all of this was connected to the politicians. So they weren't separated. They were entwined with the world. And so when uh, these disciples started following Jesus, uh, you know they wanted to shut it down. They wanted revival to stop. They wanted growth to stop. They wanted people to quit preaching and teaching in the name of Jesus. The only way that we will ever have revival is to preach and teach in the name of Jesus. Amen? That's the only way. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking how important it is to read the book of Jude and see what he's trying to tell us, because uh, sometimes when you read uh, the Bible, you think, okay, he's just talking to a group there, and, and uh, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, right? That's what, that's what the Bible says, nothing new under the sun, so there's no new problems They're just the same problems. There are no new, uh, you know, trials. They're the same trials. We understand that there's nothing new. But looking at this uh, particular uh, book, I studied this and studied this. And as I said, we studied it in the daily ICAST and are still studying it. Because there's so much to cover. There's so much involved here. It's about talking about a group of people that were coming in unawares. They were coming in in disguise of being saints. And their sole purpose was to shut the church down, hinder it, cause problems so that people could not be saved. Because they had their own form of religion and they had their own thing. You you will read about people that it talks about uh, that were uh, all about themselves and what they could gain. And they wanted control. They wanted to be looked at as being something great. They wanted uh, to be a, a, a person that, that was the only one that could preach to people. Now, now I think this is important because when you look at this, uh, you see that there was a, a time when uh, people would think that they was the only one that could preach or teach people and if anybody come in like brothers and sisters and saints of God that followed Jesus they didn't want them in church in fact they rejected them when they come in and said oh you know I'm I'm a saint of God and I I love Jesus they'd look at him say keep going this town ain't big enough for both of us and so they would send them on their way and that kind of got under the skin of some of the disciples because uh, they wouldn't accept people who were preaching and teaching truth, but they would accept people who had their own personal agendas. Now, when we start serving the Lord, Lord, our personal agendas go out the door. We, we're here on His time, and we're here on His agenda, and we're here for Him. It's not about us anymore. So I want to back up, before we go any further, I want to back up to uh, verse number, uh, let's just go to verse number uh, 12. It starts talking about these people that are uh, brute beasts, they're destructive, they're divisive, they want to tear the church down rather than build it up. They want to divide the church and even split the church so that there can't be growth. And you might see some people you know in these verses. Because I know some people in these verses. If you live long enough for the Lord, you will see these things unfold. And you'll wonder, why did that happen? Why did that person do that? And then all you got to do is go read. And I say, sometimes you got to go to the back of the book to get the most important stuff. Now, we all know that Acts is very important because it tells us how to be saved. But I'm just saying, if you go to 1st, 2nd, 3rd, John, Jude, you're going to find some stuff that's going to... Just make you want to repent. Even if you didn't do nothing. Even if you didn't sin, you're going to say, man, i got to repent. i got to find a place to, to get before God. Because some of these things are, are very uh, strict. And uh, So looking at verse uh, number 11, uh, it says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Cory." Now, if you want to know all of those situations, we know that Cain killed Abel, right? And he killed Abel. Why did he kill him? Jealousy. Why, why, what was the subject matter of why he killed him and got angry and killed him? Because Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Now, if you want to make somebody mad... Just let their sacrifice get rejected. And that's what happened. Cain got mad at Abel. Because Abel's sacrifice was accepted. And Cain's was rejected. I can't, I can't make your sacrifice be accepted. I can't reject your sacrifice. But God looks at everything we do. And it's either going to be acceptable or not acceptable that's in the eyes of God it's either right or wrong it's either good or bad there's no gray area that the Lord says well that's all right no it's either good or bad right or wrong holy or unholy godly or ungodly moral or immoral there's no in-betweens it's either it's either one or the other we look at this and we see that he's talking about these people that are like brute beasts, only thing they know is what they know naturally. They're dreamers. They corrupt themselves. They, they, they say they hear from God, but they're not hearing from God. They say uh, they'll come and they will try to gather people around them and say, I've heard from God. This is what God told me, and this is what God showed me. Be careful of people that always tell you God showed them something. Now, do I believe God shows people something? Absolutely. But every time you meet somebody that is not living right, not doing right, and not being faithful to the house of God or faithful to God, and they say, God showed me something. i got to say, let's let's pray about this. (laughs) I've had people come up to me through the years, and they say, oh, Pastor, God showed me this. we got to do this. And I'd say, no, I don't think God showed you that. And uh, the person got mad. Because after all, when your sacrifice gets rejected, you get mad. And the person got mad and said, you're saying God don't talk to me? I said, no, that's not what I said. But what I am saying is, I don't believe God told you what you just said. Now, I, I I can stand on the word of God and not worry. If I stand on my own feelings, everybody better watch out. Because my own feelings don't have necessarily God's word in mind. So that's why we have to pray constantly. So look at this as we read this. Uh, Woe unto them, they've gone the way of Cain. They ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. Wanted money, wanted position, wanted power. That's what Balaam did. And then... We find that the next thing that is said, they perished in the gainsaying of Cory. Now, C-O-R-E is the same uh, one that we find uh, in the Bible, where you remember when the earth opened up and the people were swallowed up. Why did they get swallowed up? They were talking about Moses. They were talking about the people of God. They were talking about leadership. They were putting leadership down. And and the Lord told Moses, said, I'm going to take them out. I'm going to take them out. And uh, and Moses said, well, uh, you know, uh, do what you got to do, basically. And so when he went back to the people, he said to Corey, he said, I want you to know one thing. If you die like everybody else dies, God hasn't spoken to me. But if you die something unnatural way, then you'll know that God has spoken to me. And about that time, the earth opened up and they all perished. You see, God has a way of dealing with people that want to divide the church. He has a way of ridding the church of people that want to destroy revival. He has a way of weeding out the tares from the wheat you know we read that uh, parable and we're told we're not supposed to do it you know why because if we try to pick the tires out we're going to take out some good people I might I might figure out who's trying to divide something brother Dwayne and then I might say okay I got I got to talk to you you can't do this here and they might have connection with somebody good in the church and then when they leave somebody good leaves so, so you can't be the person that plucks the tires up. We have to leave that to the Lord, Amen. And uh, it's kind of like the state policeman said one time when we told him we had a problem here at church, and uh, he didn't come. And then next day he sees my wife and he says, "Well, I was hoping it'd take care of itself." God will take care of the church. We don't always understand, right? We don't understand. I don't understand why we ain't running 500 or 5,000. But God knows. You see, not everybody that shows up is here to build up. And that's why you have to be aware that, oh, yeah, growth is good, but I preached this at the Pipeful Bible study Tuesday night. Are we having growth or infectious swelling? A tumor's growth but you don't want that. Cancer is a growth, but you don't want that. So growth doesn't mean anything. You have to understand, is it true growth where people are coming together, having revival, seeing people uh, you know, go to the altar, get baptized in His name, get filled with the Holy Ghost, coming together, being faithful? You know, we had a five-week revival several years back, and there was, I don't know, 10 or 12 people that we baptized and uh, I don't think any of them's coming. So what happened? Well, the excitement of the day, the excitement of the thing. Maybe they was there to shut revival down. Who knows? But they're not here. You see, when when God cleans house, who are we to say what are you doing? When God looks at us, we don't look at the potter because we're the clay right we don't look at the potter and say what do you think you're doing whatever he wants to do he does his good pleasure is going to be my pleasure I'm going to make sure that whatever happens if he adds to the church and we bust out the seams I'm going to rejoice if he takes people away I know he's helping us dodge a bullet How many times have you ever told somebody, Boy, I dodged a bullet there. Well, churches dodge bullets. Sometimes people have wrong ideas. They want to come in and change what you stand for. You know, we're a holiness church. We believe in holiness. We believe in in living for God. We're, We're a godly people. And sometimes when people come in and want to change that and say, Oh, well, you know, you don't need to do that. We need to let people start wearing this, doing this, and going here and going there then you have to shut it down. Because here's what Jude said about it. They're like Cain. They're like Balaam. They're after after acceptance of anything they offer. They're after money. And they also want to take control of leadership. If you read about the spirit of Jezebel, it's not about the painting of the face in the book of Revelation. It's about a spirit that is controlling And wants to take control and put its hand on every aspect of the church. I feel the Holy Ghost in this. (laughs) Wants to put its hand on everything within the church. Why? So it can control what happens. Spirits are real. That's why I want the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost control. Amen. Verse 12 talks about these spots, these spots in your feasts of charity. They come and fellowship with you, but they don't have your well-being in mind. They want to fellowship with you. They want to feast with you. They want to come because, after all, I mean, I've had people come to me through the years and they say, Pastor... Y'all are having a revival. I want to be part of a revival church. And I said, well, come on. Well, it didn't last long. Why? Because they had a different agenda. Agendas are not for us. We got to yield to the Lord in everything we do. But these are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, They're also carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. What is this saying? The raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame, wandering stars just going from place to place, here for a while, there for a while, and somewhere else for a while. We all know people like that. I never did like to change jobs. When I got a job, I wanted to work it Until they looked at me and said, I don't need you no more. I didn't just walk away from jobs. I I worked them. And, And I don't like changing churches. I've only changed church one time. And that's when we established Cornerstone. That's the only time I've ever left a church and went somewhere else. Now, here's the thing. These people that are identifiable... As, as we see in the book of Jude, are people that are wondering. They, they go here for a while and then they go there for a while and it's like everywhere they go they cause chaos. They cause trouble. We could call them troublemakers. We could call them agitators. We could call them people that just want to go to a place to cause it some problems. And then when the, when the church gets tore up, then they just leave and move on. This is what Jude, everybody say Jude. Jude is talking about. That's why we must read the Word of God. It tells us everything in our day. But look at what else it says. It says, the raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these. Even Enoch talked about these. Remember Enoch? He walked with God. And was not, because God what? Took him. Read your Bible. Don't be afraid to answer the word of God. It's it's good to discuss, right? It's good to discuss the word of God. So here's what he said. He said, Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly. Everybody say ungodly ungodly among them of all their, and everybody say ungodly, ungodly deeds. And then, that ain't all. Look what else it says. Which they have ungodly committed. Ungodly people are not in the church to help the church. We want sinners because sinners is going to eventually become saints. But these ungodly people are trying to play off as a saint of God when they're actually a wolf in sheep's clothing. We find that it's very interesting that, uh, that uh, Enoch prophesied of these. And uh, he said, the Lord's coming with his saints and going to execute judgment and... To convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. They don't even want you to talk about the Lord. It's all about singing, it's all about programs, it's all about what we can enjoy and have fun. Come to our church, it's fun. That's what Jude is talking about. They don't want to talk about the Lord. They don't want to talk about sin. They don't want to have revival. They want to come to church and they want to change the atmosphere of the church to where instead of preaching about Jesus, talking about how good Jesus is, they want you to just have fun. But we're going to find out who these people really are. These are murmurers. You know how you find out if somebody is trying to destroy the church? They're murmuring all the time, complaining. Oh, if I was in charge of the music, it wouldn't go that way. That's these people. That's right. Oh, if I was in charge of the church, if I was pastor, if I was king of the forest. <laughs> I'd do it this way. Oh, if I, just, if I just had my hands on the youth department, I would do it this way and it would grow and bust out the seams. They want to change the way things are done. They're murmurers. They're complainers. They're walking after their own lust. This is what I want to do. This is what I think. It don't matter what I think. It don't matter what you think. What does the Word of God say? You know, we can always say, well, praise God, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Well, let's measure it up to the Word of God. If the Lord says something and He starts measuring it with a measuring stick, you're going to find out a lot of things that people in churches today are accepting is unacceptable in the Word of God. So they're walking after their own lust. And their mouths speak great swelling words. <laughs> oh, they're always talking about something. They ain't a, they ain't a loss for words with them. They're very mouthy. And look at this. they having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. They flatter people. They want to have connections with people. That's why you'll see a lot of times people come to church And the first thing they want to do is buddy up with the pastor and his wife. Nothing wrong with being our friend. But if you got other agendas, you'll be shut down real quick. You see, that is what happens. Sometimes kids want to be friends with kids of the pastor because they think they can get connections. They'll get to do things. They'll be the first to be called on. They'll get special privileges. They'll be special honor. This is what Jude is really talking about. This is how we have revival. We shut down the ungodly and invite the godly. We shut down the people that are speaking great swelling words and, and admiration of men because they want to flatter people and get an advantage thinking somehow they can get a better uh, a better advantage point in the church. They They, they say, if I get you know, real tight with the pastor or with the deacon or with uh, some of the, uh, you know, families in the church that's got pull, then I might get to be youth leader. I might get to be a Sunday school teacher. I might get to get in a position. And when they get in a position, what do they do? They destroy. They destroy. Sunday school classes dwindle to nothing. Youth groups go to nothing. Church attendance dwindles. Because people have the wrong idea of why we're here. These ungodly people are never at church for the right reason. Remember that. I don't care how close they are to you. I don't care if they're your family, friends. I don't care who they are. If they are guilty of all this that Judas talking about, they need shut down. Because you can't have revival with ungodliness. You can't have revival when people are here to shut revival down. You've heard me say this, I don't care to fight the devil, but I ain't fighting the devil in you all too. Right? (laughs) That's pretty good saying. Uh, I I took that from a a word of wisdom from uh, my pastor, Bobby Alvey, uh, and he, he said this. He said, I'm not here to run over anybody, but I'm also not here to be run over. That's pretty plain speech, isn't it? So these people want to take control of everything in the church. He says, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own, and everybody say that word again, ungodly lust. a lot of ungodliness that Jude is revealing. And here's what he says. These be they who separate themselves, sensual. And here's the bottom line, how you can tell anybody that's not here for the right reason, they don't have the Spirit. Don't have the Holy Ghost. Why do you think the disciples find 12 of John's disciples, first thing out of the words, have you received, out of their mouths, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? There's a reason for that. You know, if you want to sing on the platform, First thing we want to ask you, have you got the Holy Ghost? If you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost before you get up here trying to help somebody else. That's why sometimes people take people straight from the altar and put them on the platform, put them in positions, and you're doing nothing but killing them and the church. Having not the Spirit. Then we get to our opening, almost to our opening verse. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How many knows we got to build ourselves up? If you're going to have revival, you're going to have to work on yourself. You have to make a decision. I'm going to have revival if nobody else wants it, I'm going to be happy if nobody else is. I'm going to have joy if everybody else walking around all sad sack. I'm going to shout if everybody else sits. I'm going to worship if everybody else just lays around. That's what you do. You got to build yourself up, okay? You got to build yourself up. That's always a good thing to understand because if you build yourself up, uh, David had to encourage himself many times. There wasn't anybody around him. In fact, the people he was hanging out with was wanting to stone him. Can you imagine uh, being the person in the church and uh, Brother Larry's hanging in there and and, uh, doing what's right and and all of us want to do him in? We We want to do him in? You know what? He'd have to encourage himself. He'd have to say, Lord, I know you've called me to be deacon of this church. Lord, I know you've called me to be your child. He'd have to encourage himself because others were out to get him. That's what Judas saying. We as the church, not just the pastor, not just the deacon, but every saint of God, because you hear a lot of talk that I never hear. You need to shut some things down when people start saying, I don't like the way they do that. Well, you just say, well, you're not in charge. Right? Because that attitude, that lustful, ungodly attitude, will only fester and grow. And the next thing you know, they're not just not liking what you do; they're going to come against you because you do it. They won't. Here, let me show you what people do when when y'all y'all praise team up here. Got your sway on. You got you got your anointing on. You're doing some great singing, and you're doing some great worship, and it, and. They're trying to shut down a move of God. That's right. Now, some of y'all are going to get a little mad and maybe a little bit angry, but that's okay. Maybe this altar will be used a little more. We got to understand if we don't help revival, we're going to hinder revival. I feel revival. I feel revival. I really feel that we are close to revival breaking out again. And this time we're going to be ready. We're going to be willing. We're going to receive it. We're going to say, Lord, just send the people. We'll pray them through. We'll teach them your word and we'll help them stay saved. So you got to build up yourselves on your most holy faith praying. Everybody saying the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you, there's there's good prayers. Those good prayers are, Lord, bless Brother Richard not to preach 45 minutes. Those are the good prayers. And then there's those great prayers, praying in the Holy Ghost, which means that you're praying about stuff you don't even know you need because you're praying in the Spirit. And if you haven't prayed in the Spirit, now I've heard people sing in the Spirit, I've heard uh, people speak tongue, in tongues. But there's also praying in the Spirit. And if you do that at home, in the privacy of your own little home, you know what? The Lord's going to start showing you some stuff. He's going to start revealing some stuff to you. So we have to pray in the Holy Ghost. It's very important. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And then this is where we open up. Some you got to have compassion. Some can't take preaching like we're teaching right now. They get offended. You know, no saint of God should ever get offended at anything that's preached in this book. Right? Right? I don't, care how, I don't care how tough it is, if it's milk or meat, we should never be offended at it. Because if we're offended at the Word, then we're offended at the Lord because He wrote it. So we have to understand that some we have to have compassion on. Some you have to work a little longer on. Right? Some people don't get it when they first get up from the altar and say, Oh, I'm going to do better. I'm going to quit smoking and drinking and cussing and all. No, some people get up and they still smoke and drink and cuss. Right? Well, you don't look at those people and say, Well, don't come back. You work on them. You try to convince them Jesus loves you and he doesn't want you to do these things that's going to destroy your ability to witness for him and win people. And that's all alcohol does it blurs your judgment. You know, it blurs your judgment. Drugs, it destroys your body. You can look at somebody who, who used to be beautiful when they was younger and, and uh, after a bout with drugs, they look like they're 150 years old. And, and so you see all of this, how it takes its toll. I, I was thinking, and I said this the other day uh, to my wife, there was this uh, man who was, he was, you could tell he, he lifted weights and was a bodybuilder. And he was just smoking away. And I thought, one of these days, he's probably in his thirties, and I thought, one of these days, he's going to be laying on a hospital bed, dying of lung cancer, emphysema, or COPD. And he's going to say, I wish I never smoked the first cigarette. That's what most people say. I wish I'd never picked him up. And I thought, how healthy he is, how he's worried about his body, how it looks, and all this, but yet... He's putting in his body stuff that will kill him. So, sometimes that's what we do. We dress up the outside. And we get it looking good. Because we're holiness. We dress holy. We look holy. We talk holy. But you know what? Sometimes we put in our bodies things that destroy. It can be conversations with people. It can be people, period. It can be things that can cause you to just rot away on the inside. Cancerous infection. We find that here he says, with some we just have to have compassion. We have to have compassion. Um, compassion is what the good Samaritan showed to the person left for dead. Right? Right? He was willing to go to him when nobody else would. There's some people that we know, all of us know, that we're going to have to learn to go to because nobody else is going to them. People walked by on the other side, just looked at it and said, boy, that's a mess over there, I ain't getting involved in that. And then the good Samaritan comes along, you know what? He goes over, he pulls in, pulls pours in oil and wine, bandages up, put him on his own beast, takes him into town, put him in the nicest hotel they had in town, and told the innkeeper, whatever I owe you, when I come back, I'll pay you. That's compassion. Compassion is never walking by someone saying, Man, they're a mess. Man, look at that. That's terrible, ain't it? That's what the, the, the priesthood did, basically. That's what, that's what others did. They walked by that man that was left for dead, and they just looked at him and said, Oh, that's terrible, ain't it? I wonder how he got in that condition. I wonder, I wonder just what he did. Wonder just what he did deserve that I ain't going over there though I'm going on I'm busy I gotta be at pipeful and have an appointment I've got a doctor's appointment I've got an eye appointment I've got that's why we never have time to win the lost we're too busy right oh this is good meat keep chewing sooner or later it'll soften up enough you can swallow it but some we gotta have compassion. Some you have to take your time with. You have to speak to quite often. And you have to keep reaching out and keep telling them, keep coming to church. You know, have you ever met somebody that that just you gotta keep telling them that or they'll quit? You gotta keep telling them, just keep coming to church. Just come on, just keep coming to church. That's compassion. And then some you got to save with fear. Some people, you just got to tell them, you're going to hell, you keep that up. (laughs) Some people don't understand no language but that right there. But you got to save them with fear, pulling them out of the what? Fire. I think sometimes we need to understand that there's some people that just need our help getting out of their situation. They just need us to quit condoning what they're doing and saying, Come on, you got to quit that. I mean, I've had counseling sessions with a lot of people over 26 years. And sometimes I just have to look at them and say, you have to stop at. I had to tell a woman one time, go home, quit living with that man. <laughs> it's not easy. I don't take pride in it. I don't get any joy. out. In fact, I hate counseling. But when you're a preacher, you have to. So sometimes you have to tell people, you can't do this. And it might make them mad. And they might leave and they might get upset. But sometimes you've got to tell them the truth. Try to pull them out of the fire. You know, I tell people all the time, you got to be faithful to the house of God. Yeah. Wednesdays, Sundays. If we drop down to one one service on Sundays... And that's all we ever had. Next thing you know, it will be once a month. Then it will be, well, they ain't no to go once a month. We'll go once every three months. And then it will be, we'll meet once a year. So if we're not careful, we have to get in a place where sometimes we have compassion, but sometimes we have to pull them out of the fire and tell them, we hate the garment that's spotted by the flesh. That's that's a pretty um, pretty stern way of saying, I don't like what you're doing. You've got to quit your sinning. How many believes that a Christian should, should quit sinning? All right, go ahead and give a hand clap if you think that. I'm not going to ask how many thinks it's okay if people uh, keep on sinning. Sound like a unanimous we believe that people should quit sinning when they come to the Lord. I don't even know why people want to go to church if they're not going to live right. Now, do I want them to quit? No, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like Jude. I'm going, to, I'm going to be aware that they may not be there for revival. But oh, if we come together like tonight and we are all got revival on our minds. And we say, you know what? I'd love to see my family at that altar. I'd love to see my family praying. I'd love to see my family go down in Jesus' name. If we come together with that attitude and that mindset and want to have revival, guess what God's going to give us? Revival. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Amen. God wants us to have revival. He didn't look at the 120 in the upper room and bless them real good with the Holy Ghost for them to stay in the upper room and go home and then go back to the upper room once a week or go back home and come twice a week to the upper room. They came out of the upper room with power, power of the Holy Ghost. And they were to go and they were to be a witness. They were to try to tell people, you got to get out of sin, you got to quit sinning, you got to get out of this world. Because the Lord's coming back I feel the Holy Ghost Give the Lord some praise Give the Lord some praise You know what one, one The Message Bible I like the Message Bible Not as my basis uh, For studying Scripture But as an addition to studying Scripture The Message Bible says Go easy on those who hesitate in the faith? In other words, be patient. How many of you remembers the story? They came by and they saw this tree that wasn't bearing no fruit, and they wanted to just you know cut it down and and get rid of it and stuff. And said no, let's dig about it, let's work on it a little bit. You see, that's it's not a parable about trees. It's not agriculture. It's not uh, arborist. It's about people. <laughs> it's about people. There's an the inside joke with arborists, but that's we'll, another day. It's talking about people. Sometimes you've got to be patient with people. They may not produce like you think they should. Trust me, I ain't producing like you think I should. Right? You th- I want him to be Raymond Woodward. I want him to be Jeff Arnold. I want him to be Lee Stone King. I want him to be you know Anthony Mangan. I could go round down the list, so I, I know I'm not I'm not you know he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be Jupiter and Mars. How loving He must be. He's still working on me. He's still working on us. Amen. So I'm going to be patient with you. Will you be patient with me? we all going to work together for revival. We may not always get it right. We may not always have the right way of saying things, doing things, and accomplishing things. But one thing we all should have in common is, number one, we got the Holy Ghost. Number two, we want to see revival. Amen. We want to win the lost. The message Bible says of verse 22 and 23. Go easy on those that hesitate in the faith. Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners. But not soft on sin. I like that. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. (laughs) You know God hates sin. Shouldn't we hate sin? Love the sinner. Hate the sin. Now you got to learn to separate the two Because if you're not careful You'll say you don't know how they treated me You don't know what they said to me You don't know what they did That's immaterial you got to separate the sin from the sinner The sinner is a soul that needs to be saved The sin is what we got to eradicate Out of our lives and especially out of the church So with that said, the Message Bible says the sin itself stinks to high heaven. The Amplified Bible says, And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy, but with fear, loathing even the clothing spotted and polluted by the shameless immoral freedom. You know, immorality is something that God does not like. He don't put His blessing on it or approval. We shouldn't either we should hate what God hates we should love what God loves and, and a church that doesn't do that you're not really full of the Holy Ghost because you will love what God loves God loves his creation he loves sinner for God so loved the world didn't say church right It didn't say, oh, for God so loved the holy people. No. For God so loved the world. He created this world. He created everybody in it. That's why when people decide to have an abortion and murder a child, they're murdering God's creation. So with this in Jude, Jude's overriding concern was... For his readers to contend for the faith that was once entrusted or delivered to the saints. False teaching introduced among Jude's readers had a range of impact on those that heard it. Some were even questioning their faith. Should I really still be a disciple of Jesus when Jesus is gone? They were questioning their faith. Now I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, clap of hands or anything... I want you to think about it in your minds. Have you ever questioned your faith? What you believe. Do I really believe in holiness? Do I really believe in the Holy Ghost? Do I really believe in Jesus? Do I really believe I need to go to church? Do I really believe I need to come out from among the world? We have to ask ourselves, do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we really have faith? This is what it takes to get to heaven. This is what it takes to have revival. Because I believe that a lot of people play a good role through life until life devastates them. And then when life devastates them, they never believed in Jesus, they never believed in holiness, they never believed in separation from the world. They thought it was just a church thing. It is but not just one building. It's the church thing. We are to be all that. And if we're not that, we're not saved. We're not on our way to heaven. So Jude gives us this information. He says some were even leaving the faith. Some had very little understanding of the faith, and some had not even made a commitment to the faith. You see, have you ever heard somebody say, You've got to make a commitment to Jesus. Well, that's what a commitment to faith is. You believe in God. You believe there's one God, you do well. Devils believe, in what do they do? Tremble. So we need to have the faith, not a faith. A lot of people have a faith. They believe in certain things, but not all things. We need the faith. We find that Jude's overriding concern was some were leaving the faith, some were questioning their faith. And you can't have revival if you're always questioning why. How many's ever had a little kid? Maybe your child, or maybe a little brother, or maybe, maybe somebody in your family. And they say, you say, don't do that, and they go, why? Stop that. Why? You can't be doing it. Why? And then you get so aggravated, you're like, because I said so. Right? (laughs) And then they go, why? (laughs) They usually get the last why in. It is not sin to have questions about our faith, but it is sin to deny our faith. Because sometimes you have to ask yourself, do I really believe what the church is teaching? Do I really believe what the Bible is saying in Jude? Or am I one of these people that's going to have my own belief and in doing that I'm going to shut down anything that tries to live right? Remember, what's the goal of the devil? To shut down revival. That's, that's his total go. The thief comes to that's right. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. He comes to shut it down. Churches have actually closed the door, locked the door, sold the building, or left it vacant. I've got pictures, uh, and you might call me weird, but that's okay, I'm just weird. Uh, I've got pictures of churches that are sitting in fields, in, in country roads that I stop and take pictures of. No windows in it. Windows broken out. Building dilapidated, but it's got a steeple, so I knew it was a church. And I wondered, was that church once a vibrant church? Was that church a revival church? Did that church once have shouting and praising and worshiping the Lord? What happened that caused that church... have to shut down I'll tell you what happens When we veer From this right here We take another road And we say No if we're going to win People are going to have to lighten up pastor If we're going to have a big number We're going to have to just compromise I can take you to the compromise church Me and my wife I'm going to show Jimmy Dove that One day I am, brother. I'm going to take you right to the front door of the Compromised Church. It's got a big sign on it. I liked, a, I liked a wrecked when I saw it the first time. The Compromised Church. I looked over at my wife and I said, well, we've finally seen it all. I always wondered where the Compromised Church was. And now we know. But you see, if we start compromising, revival will shut down. Nobody wants to go to a dead church. Nobody wants to go to a church that isn't a worshiping church. They may not understand our dress code or our expectations on the platform, but everybody's seeking for a move of God. I'm going to say that again. Everybody's seeking for a move of God. They want to feel God. They want to know He's real. They want to come to church and feel lifted up and encouraged and know that God sees them in their dilemma. Nobody I know of that is hungry to get out of the world goes to church and says, I sure hope they don't shout tonight. There's a person, I can't mention it on the air because people will know. But there was a person that lives near a church. And uh, they was asking, does that church shout? Does that church speak in tongues? And they was told, yeah, that church does. You know what he said? I want to go to that church. I want to experience that. You see, people's not always looking for a lesser way. Sometimes people in the lesser ways looking for a higher way. Sometimes people that's been drugged through the mud all their life and had nothing and and been depressed and overwhelmed and and their life has been literally shut down by drugs or alcohol or the devil and, and they want out, they say, I sure hope I go to church. And God moves. Why? Because it was a move of God that got every one of us to an altar. The preacher may have been preaching something like this. He may have been preaching some other message. But you went to the altar because you felt God. I want people to feel God. When they come into this place, this place is going to bust out the seams when they feel God. When we have a funeral, that's why we need every singer, every musician, everybody here at church to help because we want that family and the visitors to feel God. That's how you have revival. You've got to get to the place you want to feel God. Now, here's what Jude also says. He says, some have taken the way that need to be rescued. They need to be rescued. They need to be helped. Some do not understand what is required. Some don't understand what it takes. They'll debate over doctrine. You know, if we could get people to quit debating doctrine and just believe that there's one God, think of how much revival we could have in every community. If every church took the Bible and read Genesis 1 and 1 and John 1 and 1. In the beginning, God. Not one of the gods, not God's in plurality, God. So, if they could read John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. They could go ahead and read other scriptures. Have I been so long time with you? You don't even know me. When you see me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. You can look at all those scriptures. If we could just all quit debating all of this uh, doctrine and say, I just believe what the Bible says and I'm going to do what the Bible says. If I didn't believe I had to live the way I'm living, I wouldn't live it, right? If I woke up in the morning, wake up in the morning, I said, you know what, I believe I can go drinking again. I'm going to go get me a case of beer, and I'm going to go get Brother Dove, we're going to go fishing. Well, number one, you're going to know something's wrong when I just say I'm going fishing. <laughs> But you know what, if I didn't believe that, that all that I'm doing right now is what it takes to get to heaven, I wouldn't do it. And if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't stand behind this desk and try to get you to believe it. Because I don't live anything that's not in here. In fact, if you want to talk about people forsaken stuff, read your Bible. They left everything. They left everything. You don't find none of them, you know, hanging out at the races. (laughs) You ain't got Paul over there. I'm putting $5 on that horse there. You don't find none of that. What was their sole purpose? We got to get somebody else to know Jesus we got to introduce somebody else to Jesus we got to get the church established in every city they went from city to city from town to town from region to region they would meet in houses they would meet in buildings they would meet anywhere they could meet and they would talk about Jesus and they would encourage one another and tell somebody there's a revival over here in the next town we just come from and there was five that gave their life to Jesus we met twelve of John's disciples and they got the Holy Ghost and they got baptized all these things So when you begin to think about the early church, they didn't have time for all of the worldly nonsense that most of us cherish so much. So what does it take? Jude says, you know what? He who wins souls, this is in Proverbs. Jude didn't say this, but it's written in Proverbs. He who wins souls is wise. I want to be a soul winner, don't you? If we're going to have revival, we're going to have to be soul winners. That means we're going to have to talk to people. How hard is it to talk to somebody? It's not hard, is it? How, how hard is it to be good to somebody? not hard. How hard is it to tell somebody that if you want to be saved, you've got to repent? Be baptized in Jesus' name and get filled with the Holy Ghost. Evidence of speaking in other tongues. The Spirit gives the utterance. How hard is it to tell people truth? It's easier to tell the truth than it is a lie. I'm going to close with this. It's easier to tell the truth than it is a lie because a lie, you always got to cover your tracks. That's why when you go and do something terrible and the popo comes and gets you and arrests you and takes you in for interrogation, There'll be one talk to you for about an hour. He'll leave, another one will come in, talk to you for about an hour. If your story changes one little bit, they know you're lying. So that's why it's hard to keep your story straight unless you're telling truth. The truth is the truth today. It'll be the truth tomorrow. If you take a tuning fork and bang it on something... It'll ring out a 440A. It'll be... Anybody ever seen a tuning fork? Man, those are nice things. You just smack it and it... Does the same tone every time. I don't care. You can smack it on wood. You can smack it on concrete. You can smack it on steel. It's still going to give you the same note. That's how that instrument's tuned. That instrument's tuned... That instrument's tuned to 440A. It's the same today. It's the same tomorrow. Now, let me tell you, if I was to take my bass and I just twisted all the keys and got it out of the tune, and Sister Neil got over here and said, okay, we're going to sing this in A. And I said, okay, I'm going to hit A. And I hit a string, and it sounds like a key of Z. And I'm just playing, and oh, it's... And it's, it just sounds terrible because I'm not in tune. If we want to have revival, we're going to have to get in tune with God. Amen. Let's stand. Lifesavers. How many ever bought a pack of Lifesavers? You know as well as I know when you buy those Lifesavers, it's got all different flavors in it. All of us are different, Right? We come from different backgrounds, we're different ages, Uh, but we have one common goal. The lifesavers have one common goal, to satisfy the person who bought them. You know what? We're all different flavors, we're all different people, but we all have one goal in mind, to satisfy the one who bought us. Amen. Amen. So could we pray and ask the Lord to help us have revival? Lord, we come before your presence. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to have revival. Help us to take the words of Jude and understand that while others may be trying to shut revival down and and shut the church down and shut people down, Lord, I know that there's people that are still hungry for righteousness, still thirsting for righteousness. There's still people that want to have revival. There's still people that want to be saved. There's still people that want to come to church and feel you, Lord. I pray that you would just help us, Lord, have revival like never before. Let revival happen in this area with a great outpouring of your spirit. Let there be hundreds come to you. Let there be hundreds come out of sin and give their life to you. Let this place be packed. Let other churches that are preaching truth be packed. And, Lord, I just give you honor and praise. Help us to be in one mind, one accord, and that one desire is that we would be saved soul winners for you for it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray amen amen let's give the Lord a mighty hand don't forget Friday uh, we'll be gathered here to have a little snack and dinner in honor of me and my wife being married for 46 years and then uh, let's be in much prayer for those that will be traveling back and forth to UK uh, hospital for sister Tito Um, and let's be a much prayer for Sister Tito Uh, she needs a a miracle the doctor I was listening they had him on speakerphone I was listening and he said she is a young 90 (laughs) meaning that she's very vibrant very aware and uh, knows what's going on and so uh, he was amazed at that he said y'all are uh, she's special y'all have something that not a lot of people have and and. I thought it was interesting because he said give them my cell phone number. And if they want to call me and let me know her progress, I want to know. You don't find that concern much anymore. you got doctors that ain't got time to talk to you, much less give their cell phone to you. But let's be in much prayer for them. Uh, Let's be in much prayer for those that aren't here tonight. God's good, isn't he? God is good. We hope to see everybody Sunday morning, 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., God bless you. Have a good